the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. We actually have a special guest today. We have someone here representing the uh, Minnesota United in-house union uh, group, and I'm going to let them introduce yourself. So go ahead. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Nick Quinn. I am a camera operator. I have been with the team since the NASL days. Um, I'm a member of the organizing committee um, for the Minnesota United in-house union. Um, yeah, I kind of work all over town. I have a lot of experience in this and, you know, I know the team pretty inside and out. So I'm here to talk about what we're doing and answer any questions. Hey, thanks for joining us, Nick. Appreciate you a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been covering this on the program as things have kind of broken over the past couple of weeks. Uh, maybe you want to give just like a, a brief synopsis of kind of the trajectory of, of kind of where it started to where it's gotten to now, because one of the points that, that I like to zoom in on is when, when the team talks about basically saying, oh, this is this is some new thing that we didn't realize. Da, da, da. And the immediate backlash or the immediate response, the correct response from you all was just like, guys, we've been trying to work this out for like the past, what, three years at least. Mm -hmm. Yep. So <laughs> go ahead. Take uh, it from there. Yeah. So essentially, I'll try to condense this a lot. Um, from the time we were in NASL, when we made that jump to MLS, um, we had a we had a raise that was the year. So we went to the industry standard of 35 an hour. That was the you know in-house standard. Um, since then, I think that was 2017. Um, we haven't had a raise. Um, so you know every year you don't get a raise, you're taking a pay cut. You're taking a pay cut. Inflation, inflation's really bad this year. We took an even bigger pay cut. Um, what happened this year was the team got audited by the Department of Revenue for misclassification. They were classifying us as 1099 contractors when we are not. Um, so the state came in and we had to do interviews um, with people at the Department of Renner, uh, Revenue um, talking about what we do. And it the, uh, handed down a ruling saying, no, you have to classify. This, this is a big deal, by the way. So they, they kind of got they kind of got caught. Essentially. They got caught. And I will say they are not the only people in town doing this. Um, it's pretty mm -hmm. prevalent in our industry and around the country in the in-house side. Um, right. yeah. So it's predatory in a sense, right? It, yeah. It's uh, if you look at the Department of Revenue website, misclassification is wage theft, right? Yep. And that's that's a big deal. And, you know, the governor, he just came down on the Vikings hard for wage theft. So, it, you know, the state doesn't mess around with wage theft. So the team mm -hmm. got caught. And so when we got yeah. uh, classified correctly as employees, we took an even bigger pay cut. Uh, granted, taxes are being taken out of our checks, but going from 175 a game to down to like, you know, 150, it's not that much. That's not a way you're going to make a living. Um, and so I started talking to the camera guys. I'm like, this is ridiculous that we haven't had a raise in five years. We have these safety concerns that we've been talking about. They haven't provided parking. I mean, come on. Parking is just like easy stuff. They're the only team in town who doesn't provide parking. And I've worked at all the stadiums. They all give you a parking spot. And so we talked about this. We had um, a quick meeting 
all the camera operators wrote a letter. We all signed it and we sent it to the team asking for four major things, a raise, parking, provide a safety issue fixed, and then access to better food at the game because that's an industry thing. We work over meal periods, so they provide us a meal. Um, the team took so you, a month to respond and just said no. So you, they, they just give you meal tickets then? Yep. So um, at United, we get uh, now it's up to 15. They give us a $15 meal voucher to go to the concession stands. And I'll tell you, after uh, working at that stadium for this long, I am so sick of that food. It's it's not healthy. No, I, yeah, it's not sick. healthy. I don't yeah. know what you can. Honestly, I don't know what you can get for $15 besides, you know, a really expensive beer. But um, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's literally a all single you can beer. Do. I mean, yeah. I can think I could. I mean, I have to plan when I go to the, to the stadium with my with my son. But, you know, the cheapest thing we get is just popcorn and then and then bring our own water bottle. And that's literally all like everything else is like, yeah, I don't don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where like my pleas for the uh, for the Everton friendly to have empanada versus meat pies fell on deaf ears from the team. I mean, it would have been a great opportunity to market that. But. You know, since we have a lot of Argentinian players, it would be great. But no, yeah, no one listens. No one watches us. No one really cares for, 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 for what we have to say regarding food. But but here you go. I would I would hate to be in that position to have a meal ticket and just nah, that, and that's you know, The worst part is where we have our meetings in the press box. So before every game, we have a meeting going over our assignments, you know, what we're doing, what halftime looks like, etc. Is the press food right next to where we meet. And the press food is outstanding. And so we see employees going to eat that in front of us. And then we get our meal ticket to go get a piece of pizza that just, you know, it rubs you the wrong uh, way. Right. But yes. But yes. at different venues that you've worked, that isn't the, the you, you, guys, you guys, guys get access to different types of food, not just the. Yeah. So it varies depending on the venue. So mm-hmm. Target Center, they give us vouchers, but they give it to us in court cash. So you can use that court cash on food. You can save it up and go buy a jersey. A lot of people do that. You know, it's whatever you want to do at Target Fields. You get to eat the press food. They give you the same thing. When I work TV at Target Field, it's the same food we eat. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's not the biggest deal. A lot of the guys were complaining about it. So we included it on the letter, but that's absolutely not the focus of what we're doing. Right, right, right. Nick, can I ask you a question about the parking? Do you yeah. do you guys have to bring in all your, your equipment too, or does some of it stay at the stadium? I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, if you have to lug a huge camera between yeah. like the parking lot and where you need to go, go ahead. So um, when you work at, at an in-house, on in-house crew, the team has all of the equipment there. So we have a storage room next to the press box that we put all of our equipment in. Um, so we're not carrying anything in except our personal bags. And like my bag, I have a toolkit, like a standing mat. My, I have my own headset I wear, but that's kind of it. Um, uh, yeah, so... We're not carrying things in. The parking issue is, it's really a safety issue and a convenience issue. Um, you know, we have, most of our crew is pretty young and it's, you know, it's, you know, 60, 40 male, female. And so we're having people walk out, you know, we're leaving after the game's over, maybe half hour to an hour, you know, so it's 9.30, 10 o'clock at night out into the neighborhood to try to get their car. It's, it's a safety issue because um, all the crowds are gone. Um, and then... It's just, this one really irks me. The team has the five lots surrounding the stadium. They could do it if they want. Every time we brought it up, like, oh, we're working on it. We're working on it. And nothing's happens. Got it. Thanks. Yeah. Right. So, so you're making these, I would say, I think all of us would agree, reasonable demands. It's not like you're asking for the moon. You're not asking for a lot. Um, and as we, we covered previously, um, 
Sherry Ballard puts out a letter <laughs> with, uh, let's just say, uh, not the not the kindest or or uh, not the best tone, which you all extremely creatively like annihilate. Like, just put every line on blast. And, of course, we put that all on our socials because it was just a spectacular way to just attack it and, and break it all down. Um, yeah, that kind of brings us to the present. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you want to respond to that, but, I mean, oh, yeah. that, that must have sucked. I mean, that talk about, like, ruining your week. So, oh, man. this. So, we've been – I've been organizing since February, and it's been constant. This is like another job for me. So I'm exhausted constantly right now. This letter sucked, man. It was, and the worst part is we made it public and we thought people would understand, you know, the context behind what she was saying. And nobody did. We were getting a lot of negative feedback on like, oh, it's reasonable. Oh, she's just saying like, they'll respect. And we're like, no, 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 no. This is bullshit. This letter is awful. And so it was my, it was my idea to I had the idea of grading it like a paper in high school. And I was going to put a big red F on the top, but you know, we didn't go that way. <laughs> but um, it, had, it had that energy though. It was great. And there was a lot of, I was pretty, I put a lot of anger into this and worked things out, but um, the letter was really popular. Even people at um, the national of IATSE, we were working with a couple guys, you know, in Chicago, and New York, and they're advising us and they're pretty conservative on what they do in organizing. And we're, pretty aggressive in what we're doing and they said they love that letter and then if you look at the trader joe's union that's starting up right now they took our idea and improved on it and it's awesome and i i'm happy to see people calling out this corporate double speak for what it is and you know right. it's a good feeling and i think that's that's the, that was the key for me is just to to expose and explain this double speak that that is so prevalent in in corporate worlds and specifically dealing with negotiations for what we refer to as fair wages right and i think that's 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 the important thing you know you guys are not only asking for a fair wage uh because as, as, as you pointed out earlier you know you you have to work at several venues in order to be able to make a living so so not having some sort of standard or sort of having something that's considered it's, it's, it's that and um and, you know, I know like sometimes uh, um, in, in-house staff, uh, you know, for a while they, they sometimes opt not to buy their own insurance in a sense, right? Because they, because, you know, it's an option, right? And, and it's, it's just another expense that you have to deal with. It's less money that you have to take home with. And I totally understand that. But that, is that also part of what you guys are asking as well too? Yeah, so that's where the union comes in. Um, Personally, I work on all sides of this industry. I work in-house. I work for the broadcast side, which is unionized. And then I work like non-union corporate events to put together an income. Um, and so working with the union side, you see what you can get. They get healthcare contributions every uh, 10 hours they work. It's something like 80 bucks into an account to pay for their healthcare. They get pension contributions and they get a 401k contribution. And when you're on the in-house side, you get your check. That's it. And when we were contractors, yes, as you said, legally, we are supposed to have liability insurance. Nobody does because we don't know that because, again, we're all in our 20s. A lot of these kids are in college or just out of college. It's kind of like in-house is kind of like the minor leagues for the broadcast world. You get your practice and then you get poached up or move up. So um, what we're trying to do is make it standardized in the city or in our stadium. And then, you know, maybe it goes from there, maybe it doesn't. It depends to the people in the other stadiums. And it would be a good start to get healthcare 
and uh, retirement. Right. Yeah. So just timeline wise then. So then it looks like there might be some, some kind of a negotiation happening. And then just to bring it up to where we are at present, <laughs> you and all of us then find out quite publicly that the team has retained uh, Littler Mendelssohn, <laughs> which is this notorious reactionary, extremely right-wing union-busting law firm that have gone after um, Amazon and uh, Starbucks, right? Mm -hmm. So we, uh, uh, the, the law firm's interesting. So as of now, we haven't had I shouldn't any... say gone after. They represented those companies against yeah. the unions. Yeah, no, this That's law firm is the biggest union busters in the world. This is not some little law firm that's going to come in and advise them. We found this out ourselves by going on our NLRB page. They have a page on their website with, you know, our election information, who's representing who. And we were just looking one day and we saw this new guy on there from Lither Mendelssohn and we tried to figure out what the hell was going on. And because the team had told the supporters groups that they retained a lawyer um, an outside firm and we thought oh it's just a local firm to advise and we found out it was them and we're like oh shit like now we have to be ready for whatever's going to happen so we're having meetings behind the scenes we're calling our political um, allies that are helping us publicly and behind the scenes there's a lot of stuff that the public isn't seeing direct calls to Sherry Ballard to Bill McGuire all behind the scenes by local politicians on our behalf um, and that's been the most effective per like to force the team to stop doing these meetings and emails and everything like that. And so this law firm is just concerning. We're trying to see what they're going to do next and, you know, react from there. Uh, right and, and, they're, and they're not cheap either. Yeah. It's an expensive, it's an expensive law firm. So <laughs> I, I just don't thing, Yeah. Go ahead. When we first announced our, our um, drive on Twitter, the first thing we said, you know, we're like, we're, you know, with our community leaders, blah, blah, blah. When someone sent a comment, saying, oh, some associate Little or Mendelssohn's about to buy a third boat. And we're like, that, that was pretty funny. And now here we are. It's probably true. Yep. They're probably yeah. going to buy find a third boat and, um, you know, find some big leg to do it at, like Minnetonka, right? Or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, but so you no. mentioned getting, getting some pressure from the political allies. What, say, say, you know, Joe supporter that doesn't have a, lo a lot of, uh, you know, the political capital or even just capital capital. What, what can we as supporters and, and others do to uh, show our solidarity and support with you all? Yeah, so I'll say first, um, the support we've received thus far has been out of this world. It's been beyond our expectations and it's really helped us a lot. You know, wearing red, that's helpful, but, you know, specifically the first couple of days on Twitter, the positive reaction we've had, how quickly our account has grown, has gotten us more signatures. So we had we have a strong majority and it's got even stronger since we went public due to the support we received from the fans. And so what fans can do going forward, wear red, you know, that's helpful. That helps us see that we're being supported, it helps the team see that we're being supported um, and being noisy. You know, if we start saying the team's having more meetings, the team's sending these emails, and I'll, I promise you every email we get will be public. That's not a secret. They, they should know that by now. Um, everything will be public. And so if you see that, that's when you reach out to maybe your season ticket representative. And you know, those people are just doing their jobs. They are not the ones making the decision. Be respectful. But you know, you say, hey, I see what's going on. This is bullshit. Just stop. Things like that 
noisy on Twitter. They see it. They're very aware of our Twitter account. We know that for a fact. And, you know, just keeping the team honest will help us because the election process is already in the way. Um, you know, we're shooting for a hearing early August. We're shooting for the election mid to late August, unless this law firm starts litigating and then who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, that's the timeline we're looking at right now. Okay. It's interesting to say keeping the team honest because we, we talked about this before we started recording this for the many, many, many years journey with this team and, and its honesty. And it seems like I, I always think of the, uh, the gif of uh, Sideshow Bob stepping on all the rakes, you know, smacking him in the face. Like that's been essentially the existence of Minnesota United for the past six, seven, seven years since MLS is just always taking the hardest route to do the simplest thing. And and just making some some really really terrible reactionary decisions throughout the process. I mean, this this is a a a new low, I would say, for me personally. But you know, I, I didn't appreciate uh, having you know rent a cop security and actually police themselves, like basically run at us back in when we were at uh, TCF for holding up you know the the uh, Iron Front sign. Meanwhile, you know, there's, I'm sure there's some extreme right wingers that are just enjoying their beer, doing their thing, and nobody's bothering them. I, I, I will say, I probably shouldn't talk less. We had meetings about the Red Loons before games sometimes on don't film the Red Loons. This was more in the NASL days when the team was smaller, but you know, the team, I agree. They, the, the simplest thing they could have done was recognize this union with an independent card check, which we offered to do it's another form of voting. We've already, we have such a massive majority. It would have gotten them so much good PR from everyone. And, and they, like you said, they keep stepping on the rakes and I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why they do this. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yep. Cause eventually, you know, like, as you pointed out earlier, uh, Bill McGuire owns the, owns the, those five lots around the stadium. And if he wants to do his magical, magical dream of building some sort of housing or whatever it is that he wants to do. He needs to back in not only of, of the political people, but you know, everything else around there in order to make it happen. And I just, I, I just don't get like, that's a, that's, that to me is like, you know, a huge rake, right. That they, yeah. they're stepping on because that's totally not going to go well for them down the road, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So. Yeah. The other thing is they need these construction unions who are, they are on the record all over the place, vehemently anti-wage theft. Like that is when I, I used to work in the Carpenters General Office, the Carpenters Union and the communications. And one of the things we went after was wage theft. That was their red line. And so we see the team misclassifying us. And as we've discussed, that is classified as wage theft by the state of Minnesota. The unions are aware of what's going on. The politicians sure should are aware of what's going on. And so I don't know what the calculus in their mind of hiring this law firm is. It doesn't help them. So, you know, we'll do you, see. Do you wonder, Nick, if if um, if there is this this worry and this preoccupation that if this union goes through that some of the other employees like the service employees might decide they want to do the same thing, which I mean, would be a great thing as far as I'm concerned. But then for them, you're, you're talking about, you know, um, going through a, a much larger process and like the corporate folks getting freaked out and, and watching their profit margin drop. I mean, you know, you know, the entire thing. Do, do you think that might, that might be an angle there? They're looking at this as the start of something more perhaps. So we have a couple of theories on why they're doing this. Um, that could be one. I, I will say 
you know, the best security, I think it's best at that stadium. They're unionized, but they are contracted with the team. They are not run by the team, but that's a unionized security company. So, and the broadcast unions unionized, the players are unionized. There's already unions in there. We're not doing anything different. And so maybe that's it. Maybe it's the other teams in town because United is not solely owned by Bill McGuire, right? People around town have parts of it. And if this happens and people see how successful we could be in negotiations this absolutely and i honestly do hope it spreads because we kind of get the short end of the stick on the in-house side and so maybe that's it and then you have the fact that mls is a single entity so maybe you have other teams around the league pressuring united to cut this shit off right now kill it now and so it doesn't spread so you know that those all could be reasons of what why this is happening i don't know that's a good point too i i always I know that, but I tend to forget that. Yeah, a, a lot of it can come from, from uh, as as Zeller likes to call him, Dan Grabber. <laughs> wow. uh, okay. Yeah, good point. Yeah, um, uh, Nick, uh, where can people find more information? Uh, where do you want people to send if you want information to to look at it and support it and whatnot? Yeah. So we're our, as many of you probably know, we're the most active on Twitter at MNUFC Union. We have a couple of things coming up on there. Um, one of the things we're going to do is break down how our health plan works because that's a huge misconception that we've seen. We don't want free health care. We just want contributions. And so that's something coming up. But um, we'll, we'll post any relevant information on there. As everyone knows, we are very public with what the team's doing. And that's the best way you can keep up with what we're doing. We'll keep covering it as well, man. So whatever you got, send it our way and, and then we'll work it in. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. I, I really do appreciate it. And I appreciate everyone's support throughout this whole thing and uh, going forward. Yep. Thank, Thank you for you, making Nick. time. Solidarity yep. to you and everybody else in the union. Stay strong. Thank yep. you.